Welcome to If These Balls Can Talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me, as always, is the Shrek to my donkey, John Campagna. What's going on, John? Donkey now? Would you rather call me an ass? Well, sometimes. <laughs> have you picked uh, up the Have you picked up the theme that I've used with all these uh, duos? No, I haven't been paying they're all, attention. They're all famous movie duos. I like it. I like oh, it. Donkey. It's been a good run so far. Can you do your yeah. best Shrek for me? Can somebody do a Shrek impersonation? All right, hey. Donkey. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Here Just we random, go. Get, get random the Scottish, Scottish accent. Yeah. Oh, the Scots. Yeah, why does he sound Scottish? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the only voice Mike Myers can do. It was like, hey, Mike Myers, do a giant well, green a, ogre. A and that's what he did. accent for Austin Powers. Yeah, that's true. But everybody knew that one. It's mm, true. He's just like, right after he just moved it slightly, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be an animated character now. And teenage <laughs> yep. Californian version of Mike Myers for Wayne's World. Uh, as per usual with us is our producer and our version of Cable from the X-Men, Pete Steffen. How are you doing, Pete? Oh, that's a good one. Nice. Every time with the time traveling. Time shtick. traveling. Time traveling. It's always on theme. You are the keeper of time. Yeah. Did you guys know that Cable was Scott Summers' son from the future? Yes. Yeah. In, a, in a one of the timelines. Yes. Such a nerd. The, the darkest <laughs> timeline. So, so complicated. No, things are going well. We're almost done with all my house projects. Finally. No, you're like, not. No, I don't you're not. You. Shut up. <laughs> well, stop lying to the fans. Okay. The big one, which was like tear down walls and put up new walls and rebuild closets that were in that's true at least there's no there's no longer a mattress in the room that you're in right now no no you got to move out of the office yeah that's really nice we're we're really happy for you it's all done with us today is our good friend eric Gould. welcome to the podcast eric thank you and thank you for having me i'm totally excited about this uh my first time doing a podcast but i'm certainly oh yeah share it's our first time too (laughs) (laughs) we'll be gentle Uh, maybe <laughs> oh, okay then. All it's right, on. let's let's say we get to know more about our friend Eric, shall we? Now, Mr. Ghoul. Yes. Monkey Monkey Man. <laughs> Back in our fraternity days, we loved a friendly yeah. game of beer pong every now and again. But there was one fateful night that you and I decided to play a one-on-one match and up the ante with kamikaze shots as opposed to beer. Do you remember this? I mean, as much as my liver <laughs> I'd love to hear your your retrospective of this and, and care, care to inform the rest of our audience what happened. Well, I remember uh, again this one. This one's a very hazy one. I do remember it happening. <laughs> it's a little hazier for me than it is for you. <laughs> uh, it, it went off the rails pretty far for both of us. Honestly. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you guys I made a lot of choices. Is the waking up the next day. And not even being able to see straight. Yeah. Damn. The, the, the hangover headache. Was Why just did we bad. make that decision to do kamikaze shots? Because you were geniuses. That is insane. <laughs> I mean, when you think of some of the other decisions that I made That's in my, in my uh, <laughs> drinking days, uh, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Let's see. For my 20th birthday, when I was celebrating with Tim, deciding to eat just the icing. And then being pursued <laughs> yeah. four hours straight <laughs> and answering my lamp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Answering your lamp. Yep. That was a good one. <laughs> Canceled my date with my RA who couldn't know that I was underage drinking. Uh, so to clue everyone else a little bit more in that particular game. So we, we play with 10 cups versus 10 cups. We had a rule at our house called uh, double sink. That if you sank the same cup twice, 
uh, on the same round that you had to not only drink that one, but all of the devastating cups that were touching that cup. For whatever reason, Eric was on a roll that particular night. And this again, this was one on one. So he du- he double sank the middle cup. Ooh. And then very soon after he because there was a re-rack after that, he double sank another cup. Or maybe he maybe he didn't double sink twice, but you definitely double sank the first. You double sank oh, like the first one. It was three rounds. Oh, three rounds. It was a very oh short God. game. Oh, it was wow. a very short. I think I sank one. Then I made one, and then I double sank again. Yes. <laughs> Damn. And we again, us geniuses, decided to play with kamikaze geniuses. shots as opposed to beer. So Mark, what could go wrong? Yeah, this is- I also remember playing uh, a game of, of uh, Beirut with uh, John, where we played with sex on the beaches. That was also another. <laughs> that was a fun night. <laughs> okay, so was that, we went to, was that the <laughs> no. night we Was that the night we went to Friendlies? Yeah, that was the night we went to That's Friendlies. I think, the, uh, or the morning we went to Friendlies. Yeah, we, we stumbled down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was so much that there was a big game of asshole that night too. Yeah, I think we, we're thinking we, of the same night. We took that sex on the beach into the asshole game where Pete and I were the, we're the president and vice president for the entire night. Yeah, oh, God, yes. <laughs> we just, it just got worse for everybody. The friendlies run to explain to you guys. So um, RPI, which we all went to school and we all lived together for like almost the whole time is up on the top of a hill and down you, if you walk down the hill and then down some streets and kind of over to the highway which was not dangerous at all friendly's is very far down the hill now that it's i think very of it, far you think about walk. it now yeah. it's at yeah. least three miles yeah and that's so a long way. we walked drunk at like 5 a.m and we waited outside we literally like just like still super drunk at 5 a.m um waited outside the friendlies until it opened up and then we yep. harassed that poor waitress i remember that because we were very belligerent and <laughs> had a delicious breakfast. And then we went to bed. Yep. Walked back yeah, and then I mean, slept. Yeah. The, the, I don't know which was worse. The, those mornings that we managed to make it friendly. Because we would always talk about going to friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know which one, ones were worse. The ones I think I only did it twice. Or we made it to friendlies. Or the ones where instead of friendlies later that night we ended up at Denny's on the Wolf Road. Denny's, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, huh. Denny's happened a lot more. That's, Denny's that's like usually three a.m. You're like yeah. really ready, and you're like, ah, I want a breakfast, Dagwood. Jesus. Well, remember, uh, it, it was our our spring semester freshman year. I think none of us had a class earlier than noon. So, like, it, it was just normal for us to be up at three a.m. Geniuses. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, that was the best semester I had at our. We were so good at college. <laughs> we majored in college yeah we, we were definitely <laughs> masters at scheduling our classes for sure but once i realized that i could not have a class before noon i was like that's what i'm doing that seems great uh, i remember uh desert eagle sniping in counter-strike right. <laughs> oh yeah well our, our buddy scott still can do that to this day he's he's still amazing at it and the apple does not fall from far from the tree in the key shelf family <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're yeah, all. Scott, hey, hey guys, they're all very good at shooting guns with fake guns. Yes. All right. So it's been a long time, but we definitely share some good memories from back in college, as you've already heard. Uh, while I wasn't in the same fraternity with you, like our That's hosts were. Yes, you were. Well, uh, <laughs> by association, maybe. You but, were definitely a friend of the house. <laughs> yes. Well, we were. In a different kind of group, uh, it was an acapella group called the Rusty Pipes for a couple of years there. Yes, we were. Yes. So what are some fun stories that you remember from those days? Uh, how did that and other musical interests shape your life 
and that's a big one. And are you still involved with any musical endeavors now? Currently, uh, not any serious musical endeavors. Uh, I've been on and off throughout the years uh, since RPI. I've done plenty of uh, church choir stuff and also uh, for a hot second was the lead singer of a band called Not What You Expect. What did you guys sing? I need to know the story. We did a whole range of stuff. We went from punk to kind of hippie rock, a decent amount of ska-tinged stuff. Yeah, that's not surprising. That sounds like a lot of fun. My friend who played the drums, uh, she was dressed all in her hippie garb. I would dress in uh, dress pants and sport jacket and tie. Our one lead guitarist was all in his all all his metal garb, <laughs> and, and our bassist was all in his punk rock garb. This sounds like some kind of Saturday morning cartoon from when so we you were guys were essentially Cheesecake <laughs> Factory of music. Yeah, uh, for, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we definitely uh, sounds good. I'm into it. From musical ADD and nice. musical whiplash. Because we also had some folk songs in our repertoire. And <laughs> wow. Did you guys sing originals or covers? Or both? Uh, uh, mostly originals. Uh, but we That's did, awesome. Uh, we wow. did do some covers. You know, I know a, uh, I I know a band manager. This? <laughs> and actually, I know, I know an, uh, a music engineer, too. You guys yeah. should talk. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah. do you guys have any recordings of it? I'd love to hear that. <laughs> uh, I would have to go searching. Uh, I'd have to okay. ask my friend who actually, he is, uh, he's now a solo artist but he's also he's actually in a punk band that that's the one who was in all the metal gear <laughs> nice so i would have to ask him if he has any recordings well you might have to just search on spotify because that's what I, how i found out corona was on this uh corona of the sun was on spotify i just like oh, yeah. searched on and all of a sudden it was there right didn't you like not even request to put that up it no, just appeared no. there. i mean well something tells me because so we had it distributed through other means at the right. time and spotify just must have bought them out <laughs> just like part of the billion mp3 music library that they bought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure just like oh everything's on spotify now which yeah, makes but, sense but back to uh uh pete's actual question about <laughs> from uh, music at rbi i was actually recently uh regaling a friend with the story of when we did icca at mcgill mm. and then um we got totally hosed first off that did happen uh because we totally kicked ass and we ended up third i think we didn't even finish second we we didn't we didn't do that well for for whatever reason i think we tried to we tried to cram too many songs in instead of like focusing on like three really good ones lesson one award for best soloist you won an award for best arrangement oh that year okay yeah yeah junior year so yeah it just it's like well, if we won all these things, why? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Americans. I don't know what was on oh, that. Stupid three, the American songs. judges. But as, as the French result, judge. The French Canadian judge. The French judge. The French. Well, the McGill team was the one who won. Oh. Oh. oh I see. <laughs> yeah. The, little, it was a little favorite. Collusion. <laughs> uh, but I remember drowning our sorrows at the Mad Hatter which is a total dive. Uh, that bar kicks ass. I um, remember that well, bar. I've been in the bar, yeah. It was dollar test tube shots. Somehow I spent $80 that night. Did you drown your sorrows at but Club it was, it was Canadian. It was Canadian dollars, though. It was play money. <laughs> uh, 15% off. Everything in Canada. I did buy shots for other people than myself. 
But that is, that is the same night that while walking, I threw up on the back of Dave's shirt. Oh, oh yes. That he crumbled into his laundry. And then months later, his mom found it. We oh. took his laundry home one weekend. Oh, I remember that. So I don't think I was with you at the beginning of the night, but then we're like, where the hell is ghoul? And then we like sent like a team from the Omni hotel <laughs> to try to find you guys. Omni. Yes. So many blasts from the past. I Good love it. times. That was a great hotel. I love that place. And so to wrap it all up, way back in 1999, Eric and I were college roommates living in, get this, a triple with another guy who we never talked to. <laughs> and so I was thinking about what to write for these questions and realized that us being busy adults and you living in Pennsylvania, we've really just fallen out of touch. So I wanted to take a moment from all of us and just apologize for that. And so my question is both hard and simple. Uh, can you give us a five minute version of the last 15 years? Because I am intensely curious about it. <laughs> And also, right. when are we getting a beer? The last uh, 15 years. So initially, uh, I, I mean, uh, after I left RPI, I, I went back home, uh, kind of did some soul searching to figure out, okay, what, what do I actually want to do? I worked a random string of jobs, uh, worked in retail management, uh, including as a freight manager at Dollar Tree. I worked at a Borders for like two years. Oh, yeah. And then for a while, while I was still at Dollar Tree, then I went from freight manager to, I was basically the district cleaner. I would go to problems. Like you would go around and fire people or something? Uh, no, I, I would go to Would you go around and murder people? <laughs> well, you know, I'd murder them with the amount of work they'd have to do. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I would go around and if stores were having either problems with uh, their displays on the floor or were having problems with their stock room, I would go and make sure, okay, why, why are we having trouble pushing out stock? Why are we having trouble displaying our product? And I would go and fix that. And then after that, I got into life insurance sales, uh, actually got my license, uh, and got my loan officer license. That's awesome. Nice. Congrats. Um, and then eventually, uh, decided, you know what, I want to go into kind of uh, marketing or advertising. And so I went back to school, a university in the area, the sales university, uh, formerly known as Allentown College, studied marketing there, graduated magna cum laude, and was, Ooh, nice. and was the top marketing major grad. Wow. Damn. Badass. Amazing. And it's all about finding the thing you love. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, that's totally it was searching for marketing jobs just wanted to kind of stay local in the area and eventually uh found a opening at lutron electronics and got hired initially in their customer service uh now uh i'm working in technical marketing and also do some stuff with uh, a ux and ui uh, with some of their uh internal uh websites that are published to uh, their dealers. Um, for those who don't know, Lutron Electronics is a electronic manufacturer that manufactures uh, dimmers, uh, yep. all kinds of lighting control, like the best lights, like the best dimmers. Seriously, like, like I have a, like a shit ton of Lutrons in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, Electronics, not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as a result, I've been doing that for. I've been at Lutron for 11 and a half years, uh, but soon after oh. I got hired at Lutron, uh, it was announced that a 
hockey arena was being built in downtown Allentown uh, for uh, the minor league affiliate of the Flyers. Uh, oh. Who actually been playing <laughs> up in Glens Falls? Uh, oh, okay. Wait, Glens Falls, New York. I went yeah. to one of those games. Dude. In Glens Falls, that new arena is really nice. Nice. Go Phantoms, by the way. I just looked huh. it up. Yep. Not okay. a sponsor. Yep. So as a result, uh, friend and I were like, you know what? We want to move to one of the apartments downtown and be close to the arena. That's like a walk to hockey games, even if it's for the Flyers affiliate, whatever. I can go. I mean, there's still hockey games and they're still hockey. Yeah, right. NHL or almost NHL. Then was looking at the pricing and I had some money sitting around and uh, a bunch of houses were, uh, went up for sale and they were using. So it's a group of six row houses. They were using the one end as kind of a model unit. And I went, did the math, and I was like, a mortgage would be significantly less than rent. Yes. And mm-hmm. I get a house in downtown. The rest is history. Uh, it wow. Bought my house uh, then. So I've been at Lutron 11 and a half years. And I've been in my house uh, basically 11. <laughs> Damn. Awesome, man. Big shot downtown. That's super cool. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I can't imagine how much your house is worth now compared to when you bought it. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. Realtor <laughs> 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 nice. Mark is like, can I put list it for you, please? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I believe that. I totally believe that. All right. Thanks, Eric. Uh, let's say we get started. Are you ready, everyone? Hell yeah. Oh yeah. So in an effort for the Green Bay Packers to further go head first into the Jordan Love error, they signed him to a contract extension. However, this this extension wasn't a typical four or five year deal we've seen from Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Instead, the Packers extended love by one more year for $13.5 million guaranteed, but a possible $22.5 million. This move was done in lieu of a $20.5 million fully guaranteed fifth year option that the team could have exercised for next year. So, gentlemen, how smart is it to sign Jordan Love to a one year extension? Has he even played a football game yet? Like he played half of one. Maybe. He played, yeah, he played. Last Did year. he throw a touchdown? Like, what the fuck are they thinking? I don't. Thirteen million dollars for us for essentially a rookie. I don't know. Compared they to Danny Dimes, a, that's a bargain, isn't it? I, he, shut your mouth first. <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> and second, Danny Dimes brought the Giants, even though he only threw seventeen touchdowns, to the playoffs this I year, know, and I as know. far as the Bills. So you can just eat that. <sighs> Shots fired. Shots yeah. fired. Cross the bow. No, so but yeah. honestly. Honestly, though, in the way that Daniel Jones led a team, Jordan Love has never led a team. He's never even been part of the conversation, guys. I mean, this this is truly about the Packers just wanting to move on from Aaron Rodgers and and then really being them going like really putting all their faith in Jordan Love, right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah they're they're like, yeah, we're in, we're in, you guys. We're not stupid. We didn't do a dumb thing. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, the reason it's one year is yes, we're done with Rodgers. We're washing our hands of Rodgers. I think they were done before they even got to this point. Agreed. Uh, that way they're not fully committing to love, but they, they have him. It's a test. It's a trial run in all honesty. It's a trial run. Honestly, I, yeah, I, I super agree with that. Like 13, five is the trial run for a quarterback of starting quarterback. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah. It's just, that's what it is. I believe this is still his fourth year so that he oh, is wow. still on his, uh, his, he's still on his rookie deal this, yep. this fourth year. Okay. Uh, or this upcoming season, but they gave they essentially, as opposed to doing the the twenty and a half million dollar fully guaranteed, 
for the fifth year, they essentially took a gamble. So $7 million is less that's fully guaranteed, but it's potentially $2 million more because, you know, if he actually does well, then this this is essentially, okay, Jordan Love, we are giving you the keys to the castle. Show us what you can do. You essentially have two years to prove us wrong or right about drafting you in the first round. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, right? And the GMs and, and the Packers front office, they've been sitting on a first round draft pick that they picked 26 for three years. Mm-hmm. And they have to do something with it. They can't have just squandered it. And so they have to invest in him or they look dumb. And some of them get fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He Absolutely. was first round? I thought he was second round. No, 26. He was like first round draft pick. Oh, right. No, Rodgers was second round way back in the day. Okay. Yeah, no, day. I think I think Rodgers was still first, but he was like the end of the first, just like Jordan Love. Just, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be like top 10. Yeah. And he dropped all the way down. It's crazy. I just feel like we don't know much about him. Like, they seem to have about pl- him. Right. They seem to have plenty of faith, but like, where, where do you, with the very limited knowledge we have, where do you think he's going to rate as far as QBs this year, like is he going to be like serviceable journeyman starter, or is he? Brock Purdy be... was an anomaly. New quarterbacks yeah. always suck, and he's going to suck. Well, Brock Purdy though had a lot of experience in college. It's been mm-hmm. also three... Brock Purdy had probably the best skill team, and the Packers are not oh, the Niners. The well, Niners the Packers... are the best roster in football, I think, yeah. other than quarterback. And and the Packers are. They, I mean, they did a pretty good job drafting this year, I think, and they're they're going to be okay. I mean, uh, what's 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 uh, the wide receiver Christian Watson? Christian Watson and Romeo Christian Dobbs Watson. are the top of yep. their depth chart, and that makes me laugh um, that and... anybody thinks Jordan Love's going to do well. It's possible. It's I mean, not possible. It's possible. They They're still not going to win Aaron 10 Jones. They're not going to win they, ten games. They still have Aaron Jones, and they still have. Uh, uh, who, oh shoot! Who's the running back from Boston College? Is it Dylan? Uh, whatever. Whoever the backup uh, is, they have two very good AJ running Dillon, backs. Maybe? AJ Dylan. Thank you very yep. much. They have AJ two- Dylan really loves Jordan Love. By the way, they tweeted about cheese curds when he got signed. <laughs> I love cheese curds. <laughs> have you guys ever had cheese curds from Wisconsin? I've had cheese curds in Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Milwaukee, by the way, one of the best cities I've ever visited. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's filled with sausage and cheese and beer. It's like mm-hmm. literally awesome. That is cool. It's everything I, that's I'd great with go. the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much. And right it's... by Lake Michigan, too. Yeah. I was just looking. They No, they didn't take a receiver in the first round either. They never do. Well, oh, they did last year. <laughs> yeah. They got the second Honestly, tight end, I think. Fire. I don't but, even think it's going to no, be anything third, close. Not even the, first, the second tight end. Sheesh. AJ well, Dillon is well, fine. Right, Norman right, Dibbs how, is fine. Christian Watts is fine, but none of them are top players. No. But all right, how, how about this? So let's get back to the question because no one okay. actually answered the question. We got <laughs> was distracted. It, was it smart? Was it smart to do this extension as opposed to picking? I mean, I guess it saves the money. The and option. and we at if these balls can talk have been talking for a month about how expensive top quarterbacks are. So mm-hmm. it's a bargain if they it's, think he's good. Yeah. I I think it's fine. It's a legit dice roll instead of signing some random vet that's washed up for way more money. Yeah. No, uh, Who's I, even I, available? It's 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 not a bad Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton. John's right. Rookie quarterbacks generally suck. Most likely, even if he hits some of his bonus stuff, he's not going to hit all of it. So they're paying less than they're going to pay for the fifth year option, yeah. and they're not that committed. Honestly, if it smells like a tank season to me. If they realize, oh shit, we need to move on, they can. Sure. I mean, yeah, they'll know it's six games into the season whether or not it's a tank season yeah. or not. You know, so I think it's fine. In Pete and I's um, dynasty fantasy league. Tanking is decided literally week two. So, yeah. <laughs> two. It really happens very quickly. I am Jeez. so glad I didn't do that because I went from like thinking my team was going to suck to winning the whole freaking thing. 
Next up. So we're going to keep it on quarterbacks. Uh, the dust has settled on the 2023 NFL draft, as did two years of Indianapolis Colts scouting. And the question of who is going to take a chance on Phenom Anthony Richardson is answered. Uh, seven different quarterbacks have started games for the Colts in the past four seasons. And they even changed quarterbacks four times in 2022 and finished with an abysmal 4-12-1 record. Uh, this began more than $100 million ago when QB Andrew Luck needed to retire early. My question, Anthony Richardson was never a consistent college QB, but at 6'4", 244, with an abundance of physical skills, do we think he's the solution to the Colts' problems, or will this be another QB gamble gone wrong? I am not convinced about Anthony Richardson like everyone else, and everyone keeps saying how he's, I mean, he is an athletic freak, but everyone keeps like, saying that, oh, well, it happened with Josh Allen, so it could happen with another athletic quarterback. And I don't know, just from what I've seen from Anthony Richardson, while, yes, he's, he's with the, some of the things that he can do are absolutely amazing. I mean, he can run very, very fast. He can throw the ball very, very far, but he's not very accurate. That is definitely something that you have he to work on. He can jump very, very high. He can jump very, very nice. high. Yes, that's that's a cure. <laughs> that's a key quarterback attribute to jump very, very high. I mean, it is for Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen also jumps or runs through people. It's and true. jumps over people. I, I want all my quarterbacks to be able to do a backup. I think that's very important. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been talking about Anthony Richardson for a long time, and because he's yeah. really fun to talk about. Yeah, I mean, is. he can throw the ball seventy yards. He can jump over cornerbacks. I mean, he literally hit the top of the dome when he was yeah. throwing in the combine. And I'll tell so, you what, whether he's good or bad, we're gonna have a hell of a fun time finding out, right? We're oh, people are gonna talk about it. So uh, I kind of. <laughs> Eric, speaking of you love your quarterbacks doing backflips, being a uh -huh. Pittsburgh Steelers fan, could you just imagine Ben Roethlisberger trying to do a backflip? I think the gut that would, when it moved, would have <laughs> a crime against eyes. Oh, <laughs> just seeing like the shift. Right. Then again, if the gut got enough momentum, it could carry him through the backflip. That's true. <laughs> I, I think it would have been more like, do a barrel roll. Oh, no. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? So, and the reason for this question was why I thought it was interesting is the Colts have been scouting Anthony Richardson literally his whole college career. Wow. They have been uh -huh. I didn't know very, that. very interested in him and they wanted him since then, right? And then there's, there's all that stuff that they've been talking to him and talking about him. And so they were very excited to get him. Um, and I think there are enough reasonably good skill players left on the Colts that they could be very good with a serviceable quarterback. And I guess the question is, is Anthony Richardson smart enough? Is he, you know, does he have that quarterback brain or is he just the, the athlete? Yeah. I mean, I, you kind of preemptively answered the question I was going to ask, which was it took Josh Allen, you know, into his third year before he was really like, you knew he was the guy. Are they going to have that much patience with him? And, if they've been scouting him that long, I'm going to guess the question is yes, but that still means that, right, he has to have that football acumen. Like, well, he has to have the right coach, too, right? And the right coach. Where yeah. would Josh Allen be without Brian Dayball? Seriously. And, well, not just that, but Ken Dorsey, while he's not doing great so far as Bill's OC, I mean, I guess he, he did pretty well, but not as good as we were hoping. He was a great quarterback's coach and helped bring him along, too. Like and the, so we got Nick Foles sitting in, on that Colts bench, the... right? And <laughs> Nick Foles is the guy who's going to teach Anthony Richardson how to be a man, right? Uh, and, we'll see I mean, that's he's going to tell him to play on the Eagles. It's literally the <laughs> reason he's there is to teach him how to be a good football player. Um, and I guess the thing that'll be really interesting is maybe with the serviceable quarterback, we'll see a return of Jonathan Taylor, who was literally absent from last season. You're so, yeah, you're so sore. I'm about so that. angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
to fill you in, Jonathan Taylor was on John's one of John's fantasy football teams. He was he was first round pick, right, John? Yes, like and everybody thought, else who thought he was going to be, Taylor he was gonna be a big Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. season like he has in two or three years past, and he did nothing. Absent. And because teams that are losing by 40 don't run. No. No, they don't. They do not because they cannot. Did you guys see or hear about the, uh, the interview with Anthony Richardson's like, younger brother? That's, I think, 13 or, or something like that. Oh. So... He is, uh, he, he, he looks a little bit like the same body type, uh, as Anthony Richardson, 13 years old. And he has a voice that's deep as like Shaq. Mm. <laughs> like I was real, I thought this was like dubbing when I first saw it, but no, that's his voice. Hey, what's up? I'm in seventh grade. Exactly. Hey, hey everybody, Shaquille O'Neal. But a lot of people like he's, he's, he might be something to, to look at in a few years too. Like I, I, it just blew my mind when I heard his, his voice. While the NFL has skewed towards more physical tools needed to quarterback, it's still a position that is so much more yes. than just the physical tools. Yes. Oh, yeah. And one thing that, like we said, Richardson was inconsistent at Florida. Josh Allen, while most people would consider the Mountain West lesser competition, he wasn't really inconsistent at Wyoming. It was just he was against lesser competition, but he was making his decisions. It was clear what he was doing. It was clear what the skill set was and that he knew how to use his skill set. Sometimes it seems like Richardson is making choices on the field that he forgets what his skill set is. And that's scary. Right. The, the league only slows down over time for those that are already have that like instinct and can like keep up mentally with it. That's a big ask. Next topic. So the average sports fan may not know who Dylan Brooks is before this year's NBA playoffs. He made headlines by getting chesty with, of all people, LeBron James by calling him old after a game two victory in their first round matchup. He would also get charged with a flagrant two foul after hitting the aforementioned James and the Nards. His team, the Memphis Grizzlies, would ultimately lose a series against the Los Angeles Lakers that even included James blowing by Brooks for a last-second layup in Game 4. All in all, Brooks was a member of the Grizzlies for six seasons, and while he was never really one to light up the scoreboard, he played consistent minutes for them and has been a key part of their roster. Ultimately, though, the Grizzlies decided that they were done with Brooks. But gentlemen, is it fair by the Grizzlies to say that Dylan Brooks would not be returning, quote, under any circumstances, end quote. I mean, I guess if you punch the king of a country in the nuts, you should probably be deported. Okay, LeBron James, first of all, is not the king of a country. He's the king <laughs> of, of the NBA, because this is a metaphor, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and metaphors are cool. No, but seriously, though, I think that they put Brooks in his actions, in the way he played that series, in the way he talked to LeBron James, like he wasn't a legend who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I think that the Grizzlies decided that that was a bad light. It took a very good season by them, probably their best season in a while, and it kind of tainted it. I they were the number two seed. Yeah. I mean, they they were, I don't remember seed. the Grizzlies being good, and the Grizzlies were good. Now, granted, they also were the number two seed because of John Morant. John Morant had a very sensational season. He's a phen- phenomenal athlete, uh, but he was also hurt um, and didn't play a lot in this yeah. series, which we will get into a little bit later too, by the way. 
but 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 Dylan Brooks though was the talk of this series. It's like everyone was talking about what he was going to do and what he did ultimately didn't do because LeBron essentially made him into a fool after (laughs) after everything. Well, I think that you want, especially in the NBA, where it's kind of and not a more aggressive sport, but kind of a more physical sport, like a man versus man sport. And I I guess you want your star players to be aggressive, especially against other stars. So I don't necessarily I'm like, I understand why they fired him, but I don't I definitely am surprised that they did. As yeah. well, my my thoughts are overreaction in terms of the stuff he said, the, the and the way they worded it. The under any circumstances, under any circumstances, yeah. I would say overreaction, probably horrible optics. Definitely that that yeah. doesn't look good when you put it that way. They could have easily marketed the hell out of that and say we've just decided to move in a different direction. They didn't need the under any. Yeah, that's the, that's that's the generic response, right? We're moving in a different direction, <laughs> and. Good basketball move, though. Most likely, he was maybe a replacement level small forward. His usage rate was okay. Yeah. Uh, he didn't he, have the best stats. He he could not rebound. Yeah, like, he, he's a small forward, but he could not rebound. Well, he never. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really play down low, but he never. He doesn't like play around the the uh, the arc either, or the three point line. So his three point is shooting is average at best. Yeah. Uh, so and he's only six six. So I, I don't Only. think they're. I mean, I don't think they're wrong small, to move after six years and say, you know what, this wasn't working out. The way they did it, yeah, not not great optics, but uh, probably probably a good basketball business move. It's like I would feel bad for him if it wasn't for all the other antics that we. And there's probably a lot more that we don't know about. I mean, he also underperformed in that series. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right. He averaged what ten points in that series. Well, he doesn't, he's not one of their big scorers. Like he normally averages about 15 points a game. Yeah. Like, like he, he made a name for himself just by talking shit about LeBron. The patience literally gets way in, thinner in game four, eight points, two rebounds. Like he yeah. wasn't even on the, he wasn't even on the court. Yeah. Also, he was on, the, on, the, on that last second layup when LeBron decided he, he was just going to show him how good of a, how old he really was. Right. <laughs> yeah. This past season, he shot under 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and I'd fire him. Which would be good in, the, in like an NBA or a, a Y pickup league, but not in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, and shot just over thirty-two from behind the arc. Damn. He's under eighty percent foul shooting this season. His points per game had been trending up until this season, so that also makes him like, did they see him starting to fall off? And is time catching up to him a lot faster than they got up to? <laughs> taking the uh, catch up. That's so pretty LeBron funny. James. Yeah, LeBron James is timeless because yeah. you see the previous. Three years, he went from 16.2, 17.2, 8.4, 14.3. That's, that's a drop-off that you can He's not even that old, though, guys. He's 20. He's not. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's pretty young. So he'll he'll more than likely get signed by another team. Oh, yeah. but he'll probably well, get signed to, like, the veterans minimum or something. I already just saw an article that said, like, the Rockets should not sign Dylan. I was like, oh, God. So there's already articles suggesting teams shouldn't even touch the guy. Whoever they want, since they're such a trash fire anyway. Oh, <laughs> Rockets yeah. are a trash fire, Pete. <laughs> well, you isn't that saying think, something? You know who I think would wanna? sign Dylan Brooks? The Knicks. I don't <laughs> think the Knicks need anybody. The Knicks are killing it. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Well, Jalen Brunson's kind of hurt there, John. Jalen Brunson. I'm he at- scored forty points yesterday. Shut your face. He's been hurt. hurt. He scored thirty-eight points in Game Two, one and one series to win the game. I'm feeling really good about the Knicks, by the way. Just talking mm-hmm. about it. Right. I'm glad you feel that way. 
next topic. To keep it on the NBA, the NBA conference semifinals are underway, and the dominant Boston Celtics did lose game one to the Philadelphia 76ers, who were at, without their star player and regular season MVP, Joel Embiid. Um, Embiid didn't play in game one or game f- the game four win against the Nets, and he returned uh, last night in spirit for the 35-point massacre at the hands of the Celtics. Massacre. Massacre. Damn. And so, and, and I gave myself a little preview of this because I thought that Eric would like the Sixers and he does not. But with our own little Massachusetts first Pennsylvania rivalry on the show today, I wanted to take a moment to ask who's going to win the clash of maybe the two best teams in basketball. I mean, it's going to go seven games. I, I, th- I think I that's think pretty it's going seven games um, no? because I don't think the Sixers are getting back and be even at 85%. You don't uh, think he's healthy at all? That's my caveat. If, if they get him back at 85 plus, yes, it can go seven games. Uh, but I'm picking the Celtics because while Harden can have his occasional game where he puts the Sixers on his back, he can't do it game in, game out like he used to. Time has caught up with him, definitely. Uh, mm. He's not the same player he once was. And so I can see him putting out the game that he put out in game one, maybe once more. Pete, by the way, the score last night, 121 to 87. Yeah, it was they, a thrashing. That, that is was awesome. That is a massacre. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, and the but, thing about this, too, is that the Sixers did something very impressive, and they won a game in the Boston Garden, which they were not supposed to. For whatever reason, the Celtics don't have that like a big home court advantage. I mean, the Hawks, they also beat Boston uh, in the Garden. They don't have a, a big dominant home court advantage, even though they should because the Boston crowd is pretty loud and uh, can be obnoxious too. Yay. Home court isn't as much as like home ice in the NHL mm-hmm. or home football. I really mm. home court is as I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the 76ers are gonna win game three because uh I mean MB's gonna get his MVP trophy at that game. The Philadelphia crowd's gonna just gonna be so nuts. They're going and, to be very loud. And the, uh. the Celtics just have a way of just letting their guard down. I mean, they they did that against the Hawks. That series shouldn't have gone six games. But I think that's why this series will go to seven games, because the Celtics just have a way of just letting their guard down. and So and the three best teams in basketball this year, Pete, right? All in the same conference. The Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers. The Bucks are out, and the Celtics and the Sixers are playing each other. Hmm. This should be the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's, right. it's not. But it cannot. Because you guys are going to play the Knicks. So, I'm hey. Seeing, I'm seeing it in six games that the Celtics are. Again, with the caveat that they're not going to be back at his best, and he's just not going to be able to take as much load off of Harden as Harden needs taken off of. Yeah, you're, you're right. That like Harden, Harden's game one performance was probably an outlier. Although I think, I think you're right. I think he's got at least one more in him to do that, maybe even two. Because James, I I actually did not realize this. James Harden has been in the playoffs every single year of his career. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, he is a playoff monster. He'll, he will. He, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like you think someone with that much playoff experience would actually be good in the playoffs, but no, he's not. No, but he 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 can will a team because he's willed to some pretty horrible teams. In the yes, playoffs. yes. No, but he's not. He's not that player anymore. He's not that player. He is not efficient in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. Uh, he's he's gotten more efficient as he's realized that time has caught up with him, but he's still not an efficient player. He did not look like time caught up with him in game one. Just saying. Uh, that came out of nowhere. Uh, that was ridiculous. He was more human in game two, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
He definitely came back to Earth, but I think maybe the Celtics just adjusted. I think he has maybe a game and a half more of mm. what came out game one. So but he's 33, right? James Harden, he scored 45 points in game one. And Damn. so Embiid won the MVP this year, and he was out. And so they had an advantage, but they lost anyway. And that's because Harden just put the whole team on his back. I mean... I kind of feel like that's still in the bag for somebody that in their absolute prime was that good. You know, you got to believe at least I got to believe for just sports sake that like those players, they still got a couple of those in them, right? That they can pull out. They can't do it every night, but right. He decided to go for it that time and and pulled it off. Like to me, that's just super cool. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like Mark said, if the MVP trophy night, if that's when he pulls out that remaining game that he has left in the bag. It's a very yeah, for Hollywood, sure. Hollywood story sure. right there. Though Jason Tatum is going to be like, well, that was my trophy, and he's going to play hard, too, I bet. He was, he was only fourth place for MVP. That was a little disappointing. Bad Panda. The next topic. All right, so we're going to talk about the NBA for a third straight topic. Now, this year, NBA's playoffs have seen big injuries to some of the biggest superstars that have seemingly affected playoff outcomes. This includes Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. John Morant and the previously mentioned Memphis Grizzlies and Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers, all of which lost in the first round. So, gentlemen, how do you overcome NBA superstar injuries? And is the NBA too reliant on superstar players more so than other sports? Yes, I think every professional sports team is reliant on their stars. Isn't that why they make the money? Yeah, but I don't think to the extent the NBA is. Even more so as a very star-driven league. One word answer in terms of how you overcome it, depth. But many teams don't really fill out their rosters with depth anymore. You you have a sixth man, but a lot don't have those seven and eight players. Everyone in the especially after the after the trade deadline, they were trying to build super teams, right? I mean the Suns, they they traded for Kevin Durant. The Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving, and mm-hmm. neither of those teams are doing very well. Especially the Mavs, who didn't even make the playoffs. I feel like Durant, Leonard, and um, Irving are like the three that, like, hey, this team's looking like they could win, and they all (laughs) run over to that team. I don't know. I just, I just always hear those three are always moving teams all the time. It's just the Lakers and the Cavs and the War. I mean, the Warriors. Every team that has won like a chunk of NBA um, championships in the last ten years have had super teams. Yeah, yeah. The Warriors definitely did it a couple of years back. Well, bef- the Warriors before they have a Kevin Durant, though, they didn't have a super team. And like, I-, I think a championship team, yes, you have to have you have to have two superstar players on there, but you have also have to have really high quality role players mm. like that's who that's who the Warriors had last year. They had like Andrew Wiggins, like while he was projected to be a really good player because he was the number one pick, he has turned into a high quality role player. And they had a bunch of really other good role players. Like you, you like the superstars can't do it all. It's just Sean Livingston. Yep. Well, I mean, the superstar um, shooting guards Godwin. aren't getting all the, all the rebounds. Like, I mean, offensive exactly. rebounds are such a big part of a winning NBA team. And I mean, Steph Curry is not getting offensive rebounds, right? No. It'd be funny if he did. <laughs> it would be funny if he did or tried. Be like Jeff Van Gundy in that in that brawl against the Heat <laughs> when he's just on the bottom of the player pile. <laughs> That's oh, one of my favorite NBA. I'm so happy we're time. playing the Heat again because I fucking hate them. Oh, back into the Patrick Ewing versus Morning Days. Yes. Oh, that was such a good rivalry. God, that team. Mm-mm-mm. Such a good rivalry. That team, by the way, reminds me of how much I hated the Cowboys when the Giants were very good. I hated the Bulls when the Knicks were very good because we never won, but we almost won a lot of times. 
Yeah, there was always that one team that was just that one little Ewing, bit better. Oakley Starks. Uh, <laughs> I remember Ewing that. Oakley Starks. Ewing Oakley Starks. But going so going back to the question though. So again, Giannis, who was you know he's previous an MVP, and they were the best team in the NBA, and they are out in the first round, much like the Bruins, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, <laughs> John Morant, he was hurt. Number two seed in the West. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is always a is like whenever when he's healthy in the in the playoffs, he is amazing. But yeah. he has definitely been hurt like a lot in the in the last three years. Yeah. This is not like a surprising thing though, Mark. I mean, when teams lose their star players, they are worse. Clearly, this yeah. is like well, especially the ones making the money. Yeah, right. I mean, but a sport with a roster that small, it's like yeah, it's it's like a team full of quarterbacks. Like you lose them, and it's just devastating. But in, in, in football, though, you have that next man up mentality. And yeah, a lot of times you can compensate for look what happened to the 49ers. Like they they started with Trey Lance. Trey Lance got hurt. They, they, then they had Jimmy G. Jimmy G got <laughs> hurt. And now you have Brock Purdy. Still and then Brock Purdy got hurt. with the most talented roster yeah. in yeah. the NFL. Yes. Well, I think that's that you just answered that question. If you have a well-rounded roster. That, that roster was a super team. Mm-hmm. But to, Mark, you could have quarterbacked for that team, but honestly. not a lot of. Hey, thanks. Not <laughs> not a lot of superstars on that team, right? Like Christian aside from Debo, well, I don't know. All right, Christian Debo, McCaffrey. Yes. Face. They traded yeah. for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, Debo, Does Samuel. Does it make them less good? <laughs> How, however, they arrive on the team. <laughs> yeah, that team was ridiculous. That ridiculous. team was ridiculous. Offensive defense, and defense. Uh, which, which Bosa do they have, Joey or Nick? Nick. Okay, yeah, the better he's Bosa. a superstar. The <laughs> I mean, they're both pretty amazing. Nah, the better Bosa. The better empirically. Bosa. Okay, yeah, I can't. Joey Bosa, by the way, on my dynasty team. <laughs> wah, wah. Salty about that wah, one too. Huh? But yeah, no, I think like it's just you're so dependent. You, you don't have 53 people on an NBA roster, right? That's true. That the ro- you that can't roster really is the smallest the next of all mentality. Mm-hmm. man roster, and, and I mean playbooks are built around star players. I just how basketball works. Yeah, I mean, look at the Yankees, right? There's, there's until the last year they one injury to... away, like Cashman likes to say. You <laughs> figure most teams play usually uh, an eight-man rotation, and the high usage minutes are the first six. So you That's take away one player, you've already taken away an eighth, and you've taken away more than an eighth because they're more than eighth of the points. And I mean, when you're talking about, right, and yeah, when you're talking about guys like Giannis, guys. when you're talking about guys like John Morant, you're talking about literally 30 points a game. Those have to go somewhere else or you don't score them. And honestly, you just don't score them and that's why they lose. Yeah. Hey, you, I got next topic. Because Mark prompted me and I'm going to try to be an unbiased reporter, I'd like to take a moment to talk about why the Yankees are so bad. <laughs> So with inconsistent scoring, bad pitching, and a mountain of injuries, the Yankees find themselves in last place at 16 and 15 with a striking plus one point run differential, which is terrible. Um, One of the glaring problems is the fact that $162 million of the Yankees budget is sitting with Carlos Rodan, who was nowhere near making his Yankee debut and honestly barely made it a week out of spring training before he was injured. And so while he might have been the best pitcher available... Rodon was a clear at risk as he struggled with injury his whole career. With a huge amount of talent let go in Gio Urshela, Luke Voigt, and Matt Carpenter, and a trust and injury-prone nightmare like Rodon and Eric Hicks, do we think Brian Cashman is the problem? 
And will the Yankees be able to turn it around and catch the red hot rays that are already eight and a half games ahead of them approaching the quarters of a season mark? So I, I do empathize with you because at 16 and 15, that's not a last place record. <laughs> like, come on. You have like the Royals who have won, I think, what, eight games or something like that? I think 10 now. Or 10 now. Like, that's a last place team. It's got to feel brutal, though, for a Yankees fan, though, is expects I mean, them to be the yeah. winners every year. Well, I mean, and they have a two, and they have a jillion dollar roster. They shouldn't be bad. And thankfully, it's a 162 game season. It's very early. This is just the second month of the of the season in a very very long season. Yeah, yeah the, we're so early. The Mets still look great, right? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. The Mets um, are very good at baseball now. I think that, well, I think sixteen and sixteen. By the they way, they have the same record as the yeah, almost as the as actually the, less the good. Yankees. The Yankees are seventeen and fifteen now. Oh, okay then. But they beat the Guardians, <laughs> so who cares? Is Brian Cashman really the problem? I don't think so, but I think he's going to get blamed for it. Yeah, I think Brian Cashman is the problem. You really think he's the problem? The Yankees, since the Steinbrenner boys took over, and with Cashman with the full wheel, have been really a nightmare for a long time. Yeah, um, always getting the flashiest, shiniest players, like Rodan, right? Who looks really good on paper. I was excited about until I, I read things and I was like, oh, he's hurt all the time. All the time, except yeah, for last they, season. They, they did pay a lot for him. On his contract year, like they do. Contract year. Except for last season, where he won a billion games and did very well. Mm -hmm. And so he looks good and then he's hurt again. I, I know we've had talks about this in private before that in a lot of respects, they a lot of people thought that George Steinbrenner was holding Brian Cashman back and wanting to get all these big name players. I mean, well, he wants to build the farm system. And the Yankees did do that for a while. I mean, last year was a was it a testament to to that because they they got a lot of people hurt, but they had all these people that came out of seemingly came out of nowhere and were performing very, very well. But yeah, they they did get rid of a lot of that that talent for whatever reason. But you know, there's still a Steinbrenner that is in his eye and or in his ear. And it's um it's quite possible that Brian Cashman is not hundred percent in control. So well, I actually think Aaron Boone gets fired this year because Aaron Boone has no business with that job, especially for, for as many years as he's had it. That's true. I, so I think he gets fired before Cashman because I think they, he's might, a do they, might, they do might do both. They might do both. Um, if slate. they continue to be bad, though, it's going to happen very quickly. They're, they're not catching the rakes, though, just to put that out there right off the bat. Uh, the, the Rays have numbers that show that this is a team that's going to have staying power for the whole season. You think this is sustainable, like the crazy start they got off to? They're they're not gonna have an amazing like record number of wins at the end of the season, but I don't think the Yankees are catching them. I don't think anyone's I don't necessarily think anyone's gonna catch them in the AL East uh, in terms of the division. Wani Franco, right. who by the way, I've been calling Wani Rodriguez this whole time. Wani Franco on the Rays has is starting to become one of my all time favorite players because like just some of the things that he does are just like amazing, like and and funny. Like so, there was like a, a routine play that he had at shortstop. He he, so he uh, ground ball. He picked it up. He tossed it, the ball in his hand, and then he threw it over to first base. And just, I mean, just like the, the, just just high levels of of jackassery there. But he, I I, I don't know. I just I, I just love him, and he's making some. He's he's making some very good plays offensively and defensively. I'm I'm starting to become a real big fan. Well, of him. I think the Rays are a very good example of the things you do right in baseball, and mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. with like a precursor. The Rays are always good 
They always have shit attendance and low rosters. Shit attendance. And and the problem with bad. the Rays is they make all these very good players that they can't keep. And so they're never good for long, but they're always contenders. And so in the Yankees, right, in guys like Anthony Volpe and guys like Jake Bowers, who is doing very good right now, the Yankees are doing a lot better with their, um, with their uh, farm system. Um, I think... The problem is they can't get it over the finish line and they really like shiny stuff that they can afford. And so for the last 10 years, the Yankees have been distracted by shiny things like Carlos Rodeo. 10 years? I'd say like forever, forever, forever. forever. (laughs) But in the last 10 years where they haven't been good and they haven't really progressed past the Astros in the playoffs, uh, that's the problem. What'd you say, Eric? I I think a lot of the big market teams get distracted by shiny things. The Dodgers have done it. Oh, Uh, the Dodgers. Uh, they have uh, again. The Padres. They have that looks great on paper roster, and and yes, they they got a World Series in there, but they also had some just off the rail playoff performances that because they got distracted by the shiny things and they weren't necessarily working on their depth. They weren't working on the farm system. Yeah, I am concerned that Aaron Judge might have missed his boat. And our guest from last week, Steve, actually said this to me today. It was very interesting that maybe it's because they ran into the cheating Astros that we can't really know. Right. But the team that they lost against lost to with the Astros, that was a much better team than the team is right now. And all those players have left. Mm-hmm. I got your next topic right here. So, gentlemen, we've talked about this a little bit. My heart is broken. After a historic record-breaking season by the Boston Bruins, they lost to the Florida Panthers in Game 7 of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the third time since 2014... I was going to do that, and I didn't. (laughs) This is the third time since 2014 that the Bruins won the President's Trophy for the most points and didn't even make the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm. Sorry, John, but the Rangers also lost. The eight teams that remain are the Toronto Maple Leafs... I'm a Knicks fan right now. So Seattle, okay. Seattle Kraken, Dallas Stars, New Jersey Devils, Carolina Panthers, Las Vegas Knights, Edmonton Oilers, and finally the aforementioned Panthers. So, gentlemen, who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup with the Bruins bowing out after the first round? Any team but the Kraken or the Vegas Knights. Why not? What's wrong with the Kraken? <laughs> because they're new and they shouldn't just get to enter the league and get into the playoffs and win the, a cup. The Knights made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. First yeah, year, and I was really pissed at them too for that. The way draft works these days, it's it's to be expected that a team will know. good start coming in right off expansion. Also, McElroy yeah, is a minority murder. owner of the Kraken. The Kraken are super fucking fun. Um, That's true. That's true. He McElroy literally raps yeah. on the Zamboni. Uh, also, the, awesome. <laughs> but, I believe the winner is coming out of the Edmonton Vegas series. And I give the yes, yes. I, I mean Edmonton Oilers. Come on, I am, this is Connor McDavid's year. I am yes, I am Edmonton 100 percent of the way with this. You like, know what? I and also, I think that Jack Eichel is the bad guy to now to me because he left and the Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel's the bad guy to me, though, man. I'm ver- I'm very proud of the Leafs for actually winning a series too, and against the Tampa Bay Lightning of all teams, oh, who like three times that's big Stanley yeah. Cup champions. There, come on, no Lightning. Lightning are always great. I I think they need something more. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, uh, but like Austin Austin Matthews is a great. He's a good player. Is really player. good. I think, uh, in terms of depth, I mean, the, bit, the, the Knights are probably the most. Can we just talk about the two top point scorers being on the Oilers? Yeah, mm. and, and the Oilers are superstar heavy with 
Dreisaitl and McDavid. Oh, yeah. Who are just two all world at a different level than everyone else. By the way, how amazing is it? And this has happened two nights in a row. A guy scored four goals. Oh, yeah. And lost. Yep. Dry, that was Dreisaitl two, last night, right? Two nights in a row. That Which happens. has probably never happened in NHL history before that. Yeah, no, it's but but that tells you that as much as hockey isn't nearly as just star driven. And let's just focus yeah, on the fact true. that Connor McDavid at number one points for this season scored forty more points than David Pasternak, who was number three. Mm. Yeah. Forty. This is, is Connor McDavid's you guys. Connor McDavid is due. Oh, he yeah. is due. He McDavid, was supposed to be the next great one. McDavid had a nineties type scoring season yeah he really did yeah i haven't seen a scoring season like that since like the end of gretzky yeah well, since like the end of the early mew yep messier mr like, penguins fan <laughs> yeah right right hey shout out to pat lafontaine there people always wants to mention someone from buffalo doesn't well it's all i got man remember alexander mogilney yeah, McGillney. Yeah. No, you know, McGillney and LaFontaine were they were the shit. I in love, the early I'm 90s. not gonna lie. I actually love those '90s Sabres teams. They were great because they were they were super Dominic tiny Hoshik. and super fast. Dominic well, Hoshik, he was late man. He was late '90s. How is how did he not win like a Stanley Cup? He did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. With with the Sabres. Oh, oh because the the, yeah, the uh, no no because the Dallas Stars cheated. Oh a, yeah, that's it. No no, there's literally there's a website. Can explain yeah. it to us? I want to know the drama. Okay. So in 1999, in the Stanley Cup Finals, Game 6, in overtime, right? Sabres versus Dallas Stars. Brett Hull scored the winning goal. But in that particular year, it was a penalty and a the goal should have been not counted if the skater who put the puck in the net s- skate was in the goal crease. In the grease. It was clearly... From every replay angle in the crease before Hull even touched it to put it in the net, and they counted it a goal and ended the whole series, and they won the cup. So, uh, okay, they cheated. There's a whole website guaranteed to it. At least they used to be called NoGoal.com. No I, wonder if it, I wonder if it's still there. <laughs> oh man, man. <laughs> are all Sabres fans so bitter, or oh, just yeah. the yes. ones I know? <laughs> no, they no, all all, all okay. Buffalo sports fans are bitter. Keep in mind, like <laughs> the it's been a it's been a minute since a Buffalo based team won a championship. They've never okay, yeah. If you go back to the AFL championships, you go back to the AFL. Yes, there is one exception: the Buffalo Bandits and professional lacrosse are awesome. <laughs> they win all the time. Oh, there you so go. are the Albany Empire, Pete. <laughs> so yeah. are the Albany Empire. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, Super, super, secret, secret, bonus, bonus, topic, topic. To talk about the Albany Emperor, by the way, apparently AB is not paying people, so everybody's quitting. Oh, I heard. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah. There's already... Wait, this is my surprise face. Meyer and controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you could have just given the finger. So to catch you up, Eric, Antonio Brown, the Antonio Brown, bought our local arena football team. Oh, God. And then stopped He's a minority owner, though, isn't he? No, no, he's, he's a majority he owns owner. 91% oh of the team. 91% now. of the team. And oh. he bought the team, by the way, because he grew up in Latham and his, his dad, dad played for the Firebirds, which were yep. the old arena team. Yep. Yes. Crazy, he, crazy. Possibly, small world right by there. the way, I learned from our local friend who grew up here, possibly one of the best arena football players on the level of Kurt Warner. Oh, his dad, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But how was how he compared to Tom Grady? 
I don't know. Nobody's better than Tom Grady. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, so, okay, Eric, this story, if you haven't heard it on the show. We went to an Albany Empire game like two years ago for a buddy's birthday. We sat really close. It was yep. super fun. And our friend and, Amy was one of the, the drunken spin the bat people at halftime, which we didn't know. Yeah. The Albany Empire have this literal Josh Allen sized quarterback. His name is Tom Grady. He wears number 12 and he thinks he's Tom Brady. Swear to God. Yep. He, he walks he's around the best, like he's Tom Brady in the arena. arena football he, league. He walks around like he's Tom Brady and he's awesome <laughs> because he's just bigger than everyone. Yes. And so he's through like 100 touchdowns because it's arena football. And we're of like, course. wow, that's Tom Wait, Brady. He, and he's won. Two arena bowls? Two MVP, two, two arena bowls, MVP both years. I mean, amazing. Amazing. But now everybody's quitting because AB took all the money. Uh, AB, he ruins everything. <laughs> he ruins everything. How does, he, how does he have enough money to be a 91% ownership of anything? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, arena football is very. Uh, the Rock bought all the XFL. He just bought the whole thing. And if I got to interview him, that's not even the question I would ask. I'd be like, why did you freeze your toes off in a cryogenic chamber? Why are you so fucking crazy? Like, what happened? Uh, AP, you you guys. All right. uh, I remember that was uh, my fantasy uh, football team name was uh, the Cryo ABs that year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, how, I love right. It. Because, and he was like the, the golden boy of the Steelers for a while. Like, what happened, Eric? This is the next topic. Now for something completely different. Uh, Jeffrey Hinton, a major tech pioneer in AI, quit Google this week. On his departure, he made a statement that he regrets his life's work. The godfather of AI spent years in academia before joining Google in 2013 when it bought his company for $44 million. According to Hinton, one of his main concerns is how easy access to AI text and image generation tools could lead to more fake content and how the average person would not be able to tell what is real anymore. And so, as AI continues to develop and be pushed at an alarming pace, do we agree with Mr. Hinton? And what do we think about OpenAI's continued push forward and its decision to monetize with ChatGPT? It's already bad that it's being monetized. I mean, does that surprise you at all? No. Oh, it doesn't surprise me, but yes, it is is bad. And uh, absolutely, I'm worried that content is going to be even more indistinguishable what is real and what is fake. And I mean, we already proved that content created by non-native English speakers uh, can already fool uh, a lot of the public. So once AI gets to the level of it sounds like a native speaker, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's already there. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I brought this up last week and it still is very interesting to me. And so I brought it up again. For anybody who doesn't know, the Republic National Convention as response to the Biden um, announcement put out a fake news, AI-generated commercial. In less serious news, um, Jimmy Fallon has been doing Trump-generated AIs for Kimmel. like a... Or Jimmy Kimmel, that is, Kimmel, has yeah. been doing Trump-generated AIs for like a month. And they're really convincing. And and so... They're not that I guess, convincing. You know they're uh, fake. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. Th- those, are, those are designed to be funny. And I bring it up again. We've learned from Westworld that if you can't tell, does it matter? And, and I think that's a really important thing to think about. Of course about. it matters though because there's there's the whole factor of the truth, right? At some level at the rate that AI is generating and at the rate AI is growing there's going to be a point where you're just not going to be able to tell. So you bring up Westworld. One thing about Westworld is that you had in Westworld and in other respects like in iRobot, you had AI controlling AI. We're not at that point yet. No, just give it time. Oh, the robot overlords are coming. And I just want to <laughs> tell you if 
anybody thinks that the people at OpenAI aren't talking to the people at Boston Dynamics, you're all crazy. Oh, absolutely. They're talking to each other. You know, one of those Atlas robots is making its own decisions and making its own coffee. There's already a bill proposed now um, by a Democrat that is trying to ban any kind of AI generated content I mean, and political ads. Yeah, but and they, no, of so course, it's going to vote exactly in party lines. I don't think it should so. be banned. It's, there's kind of a free speech associated with that. Yeah, but, but making people say stuff they didn't actually say. But there needs to be like like they did with cigarettes, like a Surgeon General's warning. There needs to be some disclaimer. Right. This content is not actually real. We just made exactly. it Exactly. No, there needs to be something like that because the repercussions of putting out a message that a lot of people think are true. How long will it take for legislation to catch up with AI? That's going to be tough. Yeah. Impossible. Oh, that's going to be a long, long time. Unless we they rewrite the Constitution. Even, they, they don't yeah. even know how to deal with the they internet They don't even right have to right deal now. with it right now. Right. And you have NVIDIA that is now pretty much switching completely from like, you know, they were the company that made cool gamer graphics cards and now their whole shtick is AI and powering like ChatGPT, like all, all these big AI like brains are getting powered by these massive NVIDIA uh, servers. Yeah. But they're just building machines, and selling and mass to big, powered com- on machines, big companies right? well, yeah. GP- gpus oh, totally. uh, will generate faster gpus are faster than cpus because it's insane oh and, and i mean for this type of thing they're perfect for it yeah they're perfect for it i mean so in a world where drake in, a in the week in the weekend uh-huh. and a lot of other artists are putting out ai generated content and ai generated content by the way is doing awesome awesome so right yeah. now with the voice of drake ai can literally make a hit record Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that just tells you how formulaic music is these days, too, right? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It does tell you the formulaic. Well, and if you think about the way large language models work, okay, is that they learn from reading and consuming, just like we do. One of the reasons why we're literally safe from annihilation right now is the fact that ChatGPT is only up to 2021. But that gate, right? That gate mm-hmm. between a large language model and the internet is not going to last forever. Nope. No, this is next topic. So with all the legalized sports betting going on these days, I felt it was apropos for a new segment where I present a figure and you all say whether you feel the actual result will be over or under. We're going to call this segment gambling with your balls. I always do that. So the first one, ten and a half wins for John's new favorite team, the New York Jets. Mm. Under. Under. If you put that at nine and a half, I would have said over. But so I you think they're going to have 10 wins? They're going to be a 10 and 7? Yep, they're going to be 10 hey, Mark, and 7. Mark, you need to keep track of these. Why do I need to write these down? Because it would be <laughs> awesome to check yeah, them. They're, yeah, they're, they're going to flip the record from last everyone year. Was? Aaron yes! Rodgers is going to get them three no, more I, wins. I, 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 10, 10 and 7. I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I think that's what they're yep. going to be. I, I'm at 9 and 8. $300 million total okay. for Otani's contract. Over. Over. Really? Yeah. I we said it last week. Otani is literally like out of a movie. Is he going to be like 40 mil a year? He's the super pitcher and batter guy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Over. Absolute unicorn. Yep. Absolutely. Interesting. Uh, Thirty passing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. Over. Under. Easy. Under. But I think it's gonna be over. I think he's you got see his receiving oh, core this year. Yeah. will be over thirty, but new offense. Let's just let's, let's just think about it for a second. You said this over, is all over reliant thirty, but on not passing. OBJ isn't washed up. Yeah, but, but they got Zay Flowers need, too. He doesn't need to be a one or a one A. They got a first round receiver yeah. too. 
Zay Jones, like Zay Jones, is that what his name is? Whatever Zay, their their uh, receiver uh, that they say flowers. Say flowers. I'm sorry. Uh, very good. And Rashad Bateman is pretty good too. So, yeah, so Rashad Bateman does not have to hurt all season. He's healthy now though. So Mark Andrews can't catch every ball. He doesn't have to. He's I'm just saying, man. Well, Andrews is now like their third or fourth and, target. And also, they are uh, they are a John Harbaugh coach team. Harbaugh is a run first guy, and yeah, but... and Lamar's skill set plays so the run first. Well, again, new offensive coordinator. So but yeah, they don't we'll have see. right. They don't have Greg Roman anymore. And Lamar is apparently very excited about this new offense. So that means okay. it makes me think they're going to be passing it more. Uh, I right. think passing more, but I don't think thirty touchdowns. All right. Right. Uh, three hundred million dollars total for Joe Burrow's contract. Yeah, over. over? Ooh. Yeah. Keep in mind, Lamar got two sixty. Yeah, but Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Lamar. Burrow's the, <laughs> Burrow's the best QB out there that's not locked into a long term deal yet. I said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Burrow needs to be signed by a very similar contract to uh, Patrick Mahomes. He needs to be like a ten year deal. I don't know. If I think that, go the, for that I though. think that the Bengals have a vested interest in keeping Burrow for his whole career. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's I love me some Joe Burrow. Okay. As much as it hurts me talk about uh, AFC North team in positive ways. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's, they're, they're your <laughs> rival. John's going to love this next one. One sequel for The Flash. Under. Mm, under. Really? Yeah. I mean... At, at a very minimum, they well, recast. With this at a actor, very yeah. minimum, and so if they, <laughs> they recast, put it out, is, they put out the one. Oh, they put out the one Ezra si- Miller. I mean, how do you recast to, Ezra Miller in all seriousness? They, James Gunn is literally resetting the DC universe on purpose, and he's using the Flash movie to do it. You're right. And so he's using the Flash movie to do it. Okay. If they reset the universe. Who's the Flash? Anybody right. he wants. All right. Anybody he wants. I can't imagine that Gunn would hang his hat on it. They still put out the movie. They can't, can't just go with the. Can't double down on Ezra Miller. Can they just go the with the WB Flash actor? He was great. Uh, he retired. He quit finally. Uh-huh. And he was great, by the way. Half a promotion for Wrexham while Re- uh, Reynolds and McElhaney are the owners. I think they're going to get more than one more promotion. Yeah? Honestly. You think yeah. they're going to go to the Champions League? I don't know if they'll get to the Premier League, but they're going to at least pass through this one, if not the okay. next one. Yeah, the more they win, they're going to get one more. I, th- I think they can get to League One, so I think they'll get at least one promotion beyond where they're at. Uh, getting promotions to the Championship and to the Premiership are really freaking tough. Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't know if they have the... Because that takes infrastructure. You have to have the youth academies that have to be built up over years to get to those levels. At least for this season, I think that McElhenney and Reynolds are going to convince Gareth Bale to play. And if Gareth Bale plays, they win a lot of games this year. All right. One and a half more majors for Novak Djokovic. Again, that's over. the over-under. So you think he's going to win at least two more? Yes. Okay. I think he's the best player in tennis right now. So they did They did say that he's allowed to play in the U.S. Open this year because that's what know, I, that's, the pandemic I, is over. I, I heard that. And so I... He'll, he'll win an Aussie by default. He'll trip That's him. That's true. Off. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he likes Clay very much. Uh, but yeah, I, I figure he'll catch either a Wimbledon or a US Open uh, somewhere along the line. All right. Next one. I'm just going to be mean and say under just to disagree with you guys. Do you even know who that is, Pete? <laughs> no, just kidding. Right, I, next- hey, I was here for the tennis episodes. 
<laughs> All right, moving on. Five Emmys for Ted Lasso. Ooh. Over. Three was really? very three was Three's, very good. Three's been very good. Three was very good. It was. I'm gonna say under though, just because there's so much freaking TV. But everybody likes Ted Lasso. I know, but the, there's Lasso. some some show. Season that's two won a lot of Emmys it. too. A lot it, of Emmys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I Fifty days for the screenwriters guild strike. Over. Please, please let it be under. I'm sorry, Pete. My Over. job depends on it. Well, the last one was what? hundred days. I think it was around. I think it was around hundred days. Fifty oh, yeah. feels short, honestly. Long enough to kill heroes. Long enough to kill heroes, man. Yeah, it still hurts. All right, and the last one, last one, hundred million dollars opening weekend for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Over. Go Over. Guardians. Who's going to see it? I am. Yeah, uh, I'm, we, I'm seeing it Saturday. I, I gave up seeing it tonight for this. <laughs> nice. Oh, we wow. appreciate that sacrifice. Well, we, yeah, we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> we might try to hit at the Malta Drive-In. Not a sponsor. Um, they're doing Super Mario for a third week with Guardians Three. So this weekend. That, uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. All so right. we. Oh, you should go. So we what put if it the over for two weeks? So we got to go. So what time. if the over under was two hundred million? Uh, under. I don't think we're. I, I, think, I think there's a little too much MCU lag. There's People didn't like Ant Man. No, but it, well, Ant Man was bad. I feel so like this one's different that. though. Like this is James this Gunn. Is this is like every Guardians has been great. I, I feel like this could still maybe crest that 200 million. I think so too. If it, if it was a holiday weekend, I'd say no problem. All right, so Wakanda Forever mm. made a buck eighty, uh, one eighty. Good. And good Wakanda point. Forever, as touted and good and i think that guardians is going to be good so it's going to be close i think yeah like eric said it might it might just depend on what time of year right yeah, but, yeah well, i mean the time of year is well, tomorrow yeah. it's single to mile weekend that's a holiday <laughs> it's not a holiday people get a day off from yeah right <laughs> that's true there will still be people there will still be lots of copious amounts of drinking tomorrow there has been a lot of guardians ads and mind you i saw a picture on karen gilliam's um Instagram that she did a couples therapy uh, session in Nebula makeup because she forgot. So I think that's awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a prosthesis; it just doesn't come off. And she was like, oh, "I gotta right. go to couples therapy. Oh, I gotta wear the makeup." Shit, that's great. So she's literally—it's the funniest picture. She's literally on a Zoom with a dumb face on. That's so funny. And it's all blue and purple. That's so funny. Yeah. That's amazing. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. She is a treasure and a delight. Is anybody watching Love and Death on HBO? By is, the way? She, is Karen Gilliam no. in that? No, but Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth is, Olsen yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, but um, okay. I, I, you know what? I was streaming Succession, and I didn't realize that I've made it to the most recent episode. <laughs> like I, uh, I don't know. All of a sudden, I've, I've, I'm all caught up on Succession, which is weird. Such a good show. But uh, Love and Death is probably going to be the next one. Um, on so my HBO to do list. Interest, interestingly, <laughs> and I haven't watched it yet, but it's on our short list. Interestingly, after Multiverse and Madness, mm -hmm. she went right into Love and Death and she just did an interview about how good of a palate cleanser it was. And she I said, bet. it's oh, so different. Yeah. It's so she different. Said, she said it was good to be in something that I would like more as a watcher. Yeah. That's and and that's quote. been her gripe wow. the whole time. Yeah. Her gripe yeah. the whole time has been like, I don't really like these movies. Yeah. She always seemed like she was too cerebral. She's legitimately a, a real actress. She is. Yeah. Yeah. And she eats hamburgers, like, unlike her sisters. <laughs> you mean she eats anything? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Who I'll was like it her. that said that Elizabeth Olsen would be what the Olsen twins would look like if they ate? That was John. That was me. That was you? <laughs> I say a lot of mean shit. <laughs> That's funny. It's, it's so bad, but That's it's so, so funny. funny. All right. Who's the final topic? Do we do it? Do we do it? No. final topic. The Philadelphia Eagles seem to really love the Georgia Bulldogs, and this draft continued to be an example. Uh, GM Howie Roseman went down at one point to scout the team himself and came back to tell Nick Sirianni he likes like the whole defense. And so over the last two years, the Eagles have selected five players, including two in the first round this year in defensive tackle, Jalen Carter and edge rusher Nolan Smith. Uh, so with Carter's recent legal problems, do you think he'll be worth such an early pick? Is grabbing so many members of the Georgia uh, back-to-back championship defense a reason why the Eagles have been so good? And do we agree with the trend of top defensive players being drafted in the first round? So Mr. Solzfus hit this right on the head that he right was hoping, the ho- hoping that this would happen. And you know what? For, for Jalen Carter's sake, I think it's a good thing because he's going to be right next to his former Bulldog, right? I can't believe he actually fell all the way down to the Eagles. It's actually... Co- it seems quite it amazing is a to windfall me. for the Eagles. Yeah, by it's the amazing way. how that kind of stuff happens in drafts sometimes. Yeah, that's just the foundation of a good defense for the next like 10 years, potentially getting good quality defensive players in the first round. That's always been a thing. I mean, Aiden yeah. Hutchison for the in the in the Lions uh, last oh, year, especially and, edge rusher, right? That's yeah, always rusher, a premier position. And I mean, in the anyone top in defensive, all the time. anyone defensive line. And, well, you yeah. know, as I predicted, the Patriots picked a cornerback. Uh, a very good one in Christian Rodriguez, I believe his name is. I could be wrong about the, the, the mm. last name, but I know his first name is Christian. Not the cornerback that I thought they were going to get, but uh, still a very good one. And uh, I mean, listen, defense wins championships, right? That's that's all you got to say about that. So I think one of the things in terms of picking good defense early. So offensive players don't have to be as athletic. If you run a good route, if you have good hands, if you have good patience as a runner, a lot of these are kind of, they come with a little bit of veteran in them mm-hmm. because of the pace of play of the NFL. Uh, sometimes by the time a defense player has that level of veteran savvy in them, they've lost enough steps that they can't necessarily keep up with the pace of play. That's a good point. So yeah. I think because of the pace of play, it's good to draft good defense early because you'll know you'll get a receiver in the late round. You can get a running back in the later round. Yeah, that's true. And defense is so reactionary too, where like you need that top talent to to really make a difference there. I, I will say probably like really good defense in college football, like their traits are so transferable into the professional game more so than, than on the offense because there's very few really good defenses in in college football, so anyone say, that's at the really top, good yeah. stands out. Right. Yeah, yeah at the top level. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Carter, mind, by the way, six six, three hundred pounds, eleven second hundred. Oh, he's bash. a man. Oh, he's okay. a monster. He's a man. But keep, so keep in mind though, like the Chiefs, Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round. The very last round, and uh, now well, that's, he's their starting running back for the Chiefs. That's running back, though. Yeah, I mean, that's it's not even back. it's not even important anymore. It's very few, very few seventh round picks 
well, because become starters. The talent pool is still incredibly deep at running back, and no one, no one in the league respects that position. That's true. So it's like well, except for Bijan Robinson, right? Right. Yes. But by, by the way, how good of a player is Bijan Robinson going to be next year? Playing for the Falcons and Arthur Smith. Oh yeah, he they is going sneaky, to be. He's going to be a, a sneaky, top fancy pick next year. I think. Yeah, they have a sneaky good skill team. Like um, I'm still waiting for their tight end. Um, wow, now I'm blanking on his name. He's on my dynasty league to like uh, actually Kyle do something. Kyle Pitts, yeah, to Aww, actually do something. I traded panda. up in our dynasty league. I traded up from six to three overall to Felt get like Pitts. a good choice last season, right, Pete? And then it nothing happened. Well, he needs he still needs a, a quarterback to throw it to him. A quarterback and a coordinator. Yeah, but that's the thing though, right? I think that that Bijan pick, while Bijan is a very good player, I think that Bijan pick really hurt them because no. they don't have a quarterback. No. They don't have a quarterback at all. You don't need a quarterback to, you to actually give it do to the running back. No, you yeah, do you need a quarterback no, for you everything. Don't. Just gotta gotta get a guy to hand it off. Trent I mean, okay. for one a okay. Super Bowl by handing can it we off. Just, to can we just talk back. about can we just talk about Jonathan Taylor? not scoring 10 touchdowns last season because yeah, he, he was hurt. hurt. That's, that's gonna, that that's wasn't because he was hurt. He played every fucking game. Hold on. I do get John's point because he's saying like, right, I you, get with need, Jonathan you Taylor. need a team with a good quarterback and a good scheme. mentioning Jonathan Taylor. That no. frees up the Never. box. Hold up. You, you need a good <laughs> quarterback and a good... Time? Uh, I don't know because we're arguing. <laughs> but <laughs> but we... Like, I get John's point that you need a good quarterback and a good scheme to free up the the box, basically, though, right? So you don't have like eight people just gunning for the back. Yes. That makes a difference. Yes, it makes a difference. It's really easy to defend against one fine. thing. Falcons will be fine. Falcons had, a, Falcons had a big running game last year and they didn't have Bijan Robinson. And we have also talked about how running backs are interchangeable. Never mind. For that. the whole year. Never mind that. I think that's a good pick. I still think that's a good pick for the Falcons. For the Falcons, not for all the teams, but for the Falcons. Robinson is a different level of he is a legit first round talent. Yes, I mean, will he go first in Pete? (laughs) Will he go first in Pete and I's dynasty draft? He will definitely. No, No. No. I think he will. Yes, he will. I I bet he will. We are hot for running backs in our dynasty league. They really are. Ooh, yeah. I've been riding the Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook train for a while, so I I don't have to worry yet. I guess you have to worry. It's, yes, I know it's stashed Mark OBJ just, last season. Stashed OBJ going into not, like tank. I totally not. did. Totally stashed him. <laughs> He's my number two, baby. You kind of just proved my point, though. Bijan Robinson was a high quality first round pick. <laughs> I think so. No, I, I agree with Eric. I think that's a good like. So can can he? Is he a good pass catcher too? Because I yes. didn't really research him that very well. He's essentially Saquon. Okay, and yeah. he had the best um, missed tackle rate. Uh, in in college football last year. So for one more Buffalo Bills. What was the topic again? It's very Thurman Thomasy. <laughs> Jalen Carter. Do you, something about Philly defense. It's fine. Did we talk about Jalen? We did talk about Jalen Carter. No, he's a big man. We talked about it a bunch. Two minutes over though. Let's fuck off. <laughs> so that has been our ten topics. Please follow or like us on our socials at If These Balls Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.iftheseballscouldtalkpod.com. Where you can see our sports news of the day, our AI story hour, or you can talk to us through Discord. We would like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Campania, and producer Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. If these balls-